worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Washington Lockdown. We are highly confident in our security plan. At the House of Representatives. Metal detectors have now been set up. Joe Biden's COVID relief plan. Mr. Biden wants to boost direct aid to struggling Americans to a total of $2,000. This is the CBS World News Roundup, late edition. I'm Peter King in Orlando. A day after the president's impeachment and less than a week before Joe Biden's inauguration, Washington is basically on lockdown and law enforcement officers around the country are rounding up people they say were part of last week's Capitol assault. Our coverage starts with White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy. FBI Director Christopher Wray says more than 100 people have already been arrested in connection with last week's riot. More than 200 suspects have been identified. We know who you are if you're out there. Uh, and FBI agents are coming to find you. With thousands of National Guard troops, police and barricades in place, the capital city is now arguably as secure as it's ever been. But Ray adds the FBI finds online chatter concerning, along with what he calls the potential for violence here and in other cities. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. Some 21,000 guard troops are expected to be in Washington before Inauguration Day. Some of them are already there guarding the Capitol after the FBI's warning about more possible trouble from Trump supporters. CBS's Natalie Brand. There are fences put in place, guard troops uh, guarding the Capitol, some of them armed. And, and this security perimeter really extends around the entire Capitol complex. Inside the Capitol, some Republican lawmakers have raised a stake about the new metal detectors outside the House chamber. And even though the rules say they can only have firearms in their offices, some are trying to take them inside. CBS's Nancy Cordes. There are a couple of freshman lawmakers, uh, Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina, Lauren Boebert of Colorado, who have spoken openly about the fact that they are bringing pistols onto the House floor, that they feel that it is their right, even though uh, it is clearly against congressional rules and there is an undercurrent of mistrust right now joe biden's been saying that he hopes to fast track a covid relief deal after he swore and now we're hearing some of the details of a nearly two trillion dollar plan it includes two thousand dollar relief checks four hundred dollars a week in unemployment benefits and more your cbs is ed o'keefe mr biden is calling on congress to provide up to four hundred billion dollars to fight the coronavirus including 160 billion to expand vaccination programs another 170 billion would be used to help schools and colleges reopen on wall street the dow closed down 69 points the nasdaq lost 16 now this this is Portland's Afternoon News. Thank you very much for joining us here on this Thursday. I'm Jim Ferretti. We are watching the developments out in the Columbia River Gorge, where the search continues for a woman swept away by a landslide on Wednesday. KXL's Mike Turner has the latest. 
Jennifer Moore went missing after the SUV she was driving was buried by a landslide near Dotson in the gorge along I-84. Crews are working to clear debris and mud that is waist deep in places. Multnomah County Sheriff Sergeant Brian Gerkman says it's still considered a rescue mission. This is still a rescue effort. We're still trying to rescue uh, Jennifer Moore. Uh, we've all heard stories of people surviving in debris fields for potentially days. But the search is slow in the thick mud, hidden holes, unstable footing, and lack of visibility. But they do have one clue. There is one piece of the vehicle that we can see. It doesn't appear to be attached to the vehicle, but we're searching in and around that. The rescue teams will work through the daylight, but pause at darkness due to safety risks. Mike Turner, FM News 101. We'll keep following that story, bringing you an update here at the bottom of the hour. A quick-thinking police officer in McMinnville helped rescue a man from a flooded park. Here's KXL's Justin McDonald. McMinnville Police Sergeant Eric Newhouse was on the graveyard shift this morning when he checked in on Joe Dancer Park. It's known to flood in the winter and has been closed. Sergeant Newhouse was checking the gate when he thought he heard someone yelling. He then thought he saw a light. He tried to communicate with his loudspeaker. Captain Rhonda Jasko with the McMinnville Police Department elaborated. It is, it's a long distance. He was probably yelling the whole time, but it would have to be just right for us to be able to hear it. He then called in the Tualatin Valley Fire and Rescue Water Team. They located the man stranded on a log as he held onto trees around him. His condition is not known at this time. No rescue personnel were injured either. The scene was wrapped up by about 6 a.m. Justin McDonald, FM News 101. Erosion is a big concern in Oregon, especially after the recent wildfires. Here's KXL's Rosemary Reynolds. She listened in on a meeting of experts who are working on the aftermath. The pouring down rain the past few days highlights what the Eagle Creek Fire has done to the Columbia Gorge. The group is trying to make sure Oregonians have a plan. Keith Anderson with the DEQ says every state agency is involved. It's going to take a lot of coordination off into the future. This will be both an immediate response as well as you know looking a years-long recovery. Uh, these were giant fires and pretty unprecedented in the western Oregon. How do we prepare ourselves to recover over the long haul? The group is looking at land stability, the possibility of regrowth of trees and vegetation, safe drinking water, and future recreation possibilities. Rosemary Reynolds, FM News 101. It's 405. Four Clackamas County commissioners today called on fellow commissioner Mark Scholl to resign over his racist and bigoted social media posts. The newly elected leader refused to do so. However, Scholl did join his colleagues in voting to censure the newly elected leader. I will continue to work to do, carry out the will of the people of Clackamas County until such time that I've considered this resolution further. Residents can vote to recall Scholl in six months. There were at least seven shootings in Portland yesterday between afternoon and early this morning. Three people were wounded at Northeast 111th and Sandy just after 1.30 this morning. Officers responded to gunfire at three other locations in Northeast Portland and three more in Southeast. Bullets hit three homes and cars near Northeast 121st and Thompson. Children, children were in one side, inside one of the homes and a couple sleeping in another had a round pierced their bedroom. In another case, it's believed the occupants of two vehicles shot at each other. There have been 45 shots fired calls in the city this year. 13 people have been wounded, an average of one person per day. The Oregon Health Authority today reporting 1,152 new COVID-19 cases and 29 more deaths from the virus. 
That brings Oregon's totals to over 130,000 cases and 1,737 deaths. Multnomah County reporting 185 new cases, Washington County with 162, Clackamas County reporting just 70. 415 Oregonians are in the hospital fighting the virus today, while 101 of those patients are in an ICU bed. Got a report of a single-engine airplane crash this afternoon at the Kelso Airport. The crash happened after the pilot reported he couldn't steer the plane. He turned it off. Uh, he turned off the runway and into the grass. The plane then wedged into the soft ground and flipped onto its top. The pilot, thankfully, was not hurt. The crash is now under investigation. The COVID pandemic has sent more people outdoors, and health experts say that's a good thing. KXL's Veronica Carter talked with a researcher who studies the connection between health and green space. Dr. Ming Kuo is director of the Landscape and Human Health Laboratory and has spent her career researching how medical costs in this country can come down with increased time outdoors. One of her latest projects focused on anger, aggression, and violence. Greener neighborhoods tend to have stronger social ties among neighbors. They have lower levels of crime, including violent crime as well as property crime, partly because people tend to use their outdoor spaces and that introduces a kind of informal surveillance. Quo says city planners need to think about those who can't get out into the woods and make sure there are lots of tree-lined streets, grass, gardens, and parks. Veronica Carter, FM News 101. We are starting a new feature here on KXL called So Much to See. Tomorrow, during Portland's morning news, we're going to focus on Mount Tabor. And we're asking you for your favorite outdoor spots. You can let us know right on the KXL Facebook page.